go track. The only thing that matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three. Win. Live. 319. 319. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw. And maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They're over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sideline. Hey, Mr. Ryan. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. It's so sweet when you walk off the field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Hour number two here on this Monday. TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Doing it for you like we always do, 2 to 4 p.m. Comprehensive, extensive coverage of everything. Football. Basketball, every sport, baseball, food. We got it all covered. Did I forget anything? KBL? No. No? Bundesliga? Bundesliga. Soccer, World Cup, you name it. Oh, did I mention food? Yes. Mark, we missed a good spread again yesterday. Our good friends at Slice of Vegas Raider Indoor Tailgate Party. Thanks to everyone who came out for that yesterday. With the chicken wings and the tenders and the sliders and the dogs and the pizza. The Sicilian style, the thin crust, you got it all. The taco bar, the nacho bar, Slice of Vegas, who songs as well. I got a text yesterday afternoon, too. You'll appreciate this one. Yes. Now, do you tell me, here's the text, and Numbchuck will probably get this. Tell me who the text was from. Well, I thought I had a shot during the first half. Where do you want to go to dinner? And I got this in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Numbchuck? Who was it? Who sent me that text? Go back to last Wednesday's show? Trevor? No, no, no not Trevor. Frosty? Frosty! <laughs> Our boy Frosty, Scott Frost, the fine owner of uh, at Slice, Marco, he bet me a food bet, and he took the Raiders. I did not. It was un, I was like unabated to the quarterback. I did not ask for it. He brought it to me. He was so uh, high that the Raiders are going to win the game, and asked me if I wanted to bet. You know, there's win-win propositions, yeah, and there's lose-lose propositions. Yeah. That was a lose-lose for him because even if he won, if you ever paid for a meal at Slice. I have. You have? I actually, I actually have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, have. I have. So I was, I was going to say, you know, he's yeah. not, you know. Yeah. He's going to always take care of his boy, you know. Well, he did say, though, he goes, well, okay, so, you know, winner gets to choose where they go to dinner, right? Okay. And I say, great. He goes, but he goes, I don't want to eat at my own place. He goes, so if you win, he goes, you know, we're not, we're not going here. And, uh, and if I win, I'm not going, we're not going here. I go, that's fine. We'll, we'll winner. So he says, where do I want to go to dinner? So, of course, I... I give him my spot where I where I'd like well, one of my two favorite spots. You guys know where they both are. And so what is his response? He says, El Polo Loco it is. <laughs> and my, of chicken. My, and my response was, well, I guess that's better than Taco Bell. But uh, no, no. Not hey, get, don't Fro- di- Frosty, you're not getting off with El Polo Loco. Don't be dissing Taco Bell. Why not? It's really good sometimes. Wait, it's really good? Have you seen that beef? 
See, you're oh god. I don't oh, look god. at it. I just eat it. Marco, you talk about me. Okay, being the the you know my palate is accustomed to. The, what is this guy's palate? If he is saying that that is good, I just don't look at it. I eat it. It doesn't matter. Don't look at it. It's fine. Just like your beef in a can. It, it, it was fine until you knew it. And then I stopped. And you stopped. I found out, you know, even though it was from Brazil. See, TC, this is why you don't ask questions yeah. at restaurants, okay? You just, you you go with the flow, you like what you see, and that's it. There's a reason you don't look in the kitchen. Don't ask questions. But I, you but don't I, want to, you know, remember, I, uh, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. <laughs> It hurt when I found out that it was this can of beef at this one particular restaurant, and then I, I quit going. But and you I went knew- there for how many years? Oh, several, many years. Yeah. yeah. But here's the reason: I started to question, like, okay, something is off here. So I didn't know if it was my taste buds because maybe I was just getting sick and tired of it because I'd go to this place two, three times a week, and um, you know, I don't get the same thing every time, but like two or three items, I'll rotate. So. But I'm I'm always having the beef, and I'm going. There's this beef. There's just did they change it? So my mindset was, did you change the beef? Not same beef. Then they tell me, you know, it's well. What then? I go. What kind of beef is it? Is this? Is it New York? Is it ribeye? Is it ground chuck? You know what is it? It's it's beef. It's beef in a can. What? No, really. No, it's it's beef in a can. But it's from Brazil. So I, I had to continue it, and I go, you are really kidding. No, you want to go in the back? And, and the guy took me in the back, and I saw these cans of beef. I didn't check the expiration date, though. No. I'm so shocked that you even would have thought that, you, you know, is it New York Strip? Is it Ribbon? Did you really think they were using those kind of cuts oh, are you in, a ta- in a taco? Taco or enchiladas? No, wait a minute. You've eaten a lot of Mexican restaurants, myself too, okay? And as you know, you can make these items with a couple different types of beef. Okay, like when I have a steak taco, all right? The steak taco usually at the American places, it is usually ribeye, okay? Just like a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. Mm -hmm. I always ask that question. Some will go sirloin, some will go... Um, you know, ribeye just depends. So yes, at Mexican restaurants, they'll do a ground beef. Okay. It's probably like 85, 15, probably maybe 80, 20, right? Normally. But then you have shredded beef. Well, some will do roast beef. Okay. Some will do like a ground chuck and some will, you know, maybe do, I thought, okay, a sirloin because remember you see carne asada. That means steak, right? But nowhere did I expect Ah, this beautiful, uh, you know, trace tacos with all the trimmings includes beef in a can. Didn't see that in the menu. You're amazing. <laughs> you act like I'm wrong. Now, if the roles were reversed, okay, and you asked those questions and those answers came to you, seriously, seriously, what would you do? Well, yes, but I never would have asked End that In the story, question. you said yes, okay? I I... So you agreed. But I never would have got so to what, the point of asking that question. Why not? You are paying for the food. Don't you want to know what goes in your stomach? What, what's going down the pipes? Sir? Don't ta- you want to know? Hold on. It tastes good. That's all that matters. Yeah. You don't want something that was, that it, again, I, I explained. I didn't know if it was my taste buds, or but it just didn't taste as good. There was something that was off. 
Like have, lack of flavor. Have you? We've eaten a lot of meals together. Okay. Have you ever seen me order the same thing that you have? <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason. Okay. I don't want them to be two of the same item because then I have a 50-50 chance of them spitting in the wrong one. If I have something different from you and I don't make any waves and you make waves, oh I, know, I know who's Wow. Gonna, wow. That's, it, that, it, you think that happens, huh? Didn't we get the same steak at uh, my favorite steakhouse? No, or do you, you go? You, you go, go filet. Different? You go filet all the time. I, I always, I'm not even, all the time, but that night. Yeah, I did, I'm yeah. New York strip yeah. rib. Okay, all right. I didn't think so. Yeah, all right. He was sitting next to me, so I didn't know. So, do you have any good food stories from the weekend? Food stories from the weekend. You, you, you know, we always like this on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. Um, oh, like man. like like a chicken place xing out a piece of chicken for you, or <laughs> you you know you know you know you know the spot I'm talking about. Well. Uh, I, I had a, a glorious Thanksgiving day meal. Yes. I had a glorious Thanksgiving day meal. And I wanted to make sure that it just, you know, because a lot of places will do the specialty menu. And, uh, of course, my good friends over at Blue Ribbon had a, a turkey plate, which I was not going to indulge with. But when my man Johnny says, no, regular menu, I went and I got my chicken wings. That's right, Marco. That was my, my Thanksgiving day dinner was the world famous Cadillac of chicken wings at Blue Ribbon inside the Cosmopolitan with my uh, tomato bis soup, which is fantastic, and uh, and a little dessert. And I was so excited and happy that I could have that. And then, again, I saw the turkey dinner. I actually tasted the turkey. It was fantastic. I will say that. Not a big turkey guy, but that was the most tender turkey I've ever seen. So... If I'm ever going to have a turkey, that would be good. But again, if you're going to give me the full menu, I'm going to get a steak or um, I'm going to get some some chicken. So yeah, so that was that was good. I'm trying to think what else happened over the weekend. Oh, why don't you ask Marco what <laughs> what he got uh, got to have at Allegiant Stadium Saturday when we went to the uh, the UNLV football game? Oh, I thought you were going to bring up uh, your free meal Friday. Okay, free meal Friday. Oh, then Friday. Yeah, I should. Yeah, the, the, yeah, which he's talking about. So again, um, we got treated to a fantastic meal at one of our favorite Mexican restaurants that does not serve can of the beef that we know of. Uh, Don't ask. With with with, with, uh, with Jay Schrader and myself and Marco, and and yes, Marco, you know, obliged again from, you know, paying off. Uh, I, I believe the last food bet that he owes. Uh, so that was great. We appreciate that. We had a, we had a great time, and you had a great server, as you saw. And I think you would be happy that you got a guy like Fly and Brian to take care of us, who would go to extra for me, which these guys made fun of because I didn't feel like having the full combinations. And this certain place does not allow you to do combinations. But he goes, "Oh, I got you, I got you." So I got to have my taco and my enchilada and my soup a la carte. So, yeah, a little specialty service given, and I'm, and I'm sure it was reflected in the tip. It, yes, I took <laughs> care of that, yes. Not, not, as, much it, as, not as much as Al, okay? All right, so. The Big Al tip. Be, yeah. yeah, Big Al. No one tips like Big Al. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. You should go to the Big Texan with Big Al. Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Where if you eat the 64-ounce Big Texan, oh. it's free. The only thing Big Al ever leaves is the tip. What is the quality of that meat, though? On the I've big never tech? had it. You haven't asked okay. Big Al. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to do all the research. And I mean, what kind of, you know, steak are we eating or is it a burger? What, you know, what do we eat? The big Texan. I'm, I'm assuming it's a steak. I don't know. Numbchuck, look it up. The big Texan, Amarillo, Amarillo, Texas. I'm guessing, what do you think it is? It got to be a huge ribeye, right? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. All right. All right. We talked uh, in hour number one about the Raiders. Jumping off to the lead, uh, getting beat by the Chiefs 31-17. Again, Marcus Peters waved. Argument on the sideline just didn't work out for him. One interception all season long. And Roderick Teamer waved for being arrested late night Saturday night for speeding and driving under the influence. Raiders waved both those players today. Antonio Pierce talked about that earlier today. Raiders were on the bye week. Um, long, long season for the Raiders. And then you get the bye after 12 games. I mean, that is, that is insane. So rest up. We'll see what happens. They come back. They'll face Minnesota and then the Chargers and they'll play in a four day span. They'll play Sunday and then the following Thursday. So, uh, yeah, tough road for the Raiders. All right. We want to talk college football. Uh, go back to Saturday's games. Michigan defeats Ohio State 30 to 24. I believe I won another food bet uh, with, with that one. Not with you, Marco, but uh, with, uh, with with Jaya. Uh, the keys to that game, Michigan running the football. They committed no turnovers. Ohio State and Kent McCord, the two interceptions, uh, kind of went down the way I handicapped it. I thought you know McCarthy would be better than McCord. He was. Michigan playing at home. It didn't matter that Harbaugh was not there on the sidelines. We know that he was all involved in the coaching up to it. And uh, Michigan wins by six with a cover of the three and a half. Yeah, it was typical game that, you know, we talked about the last, what was it, three, four years, how they had all been blowouts. So we finally got a game that, you know, lived up to the hype. And, you know, in the end, give Michigan credit. They made the plays they needed to make to win that game. Ohio State didn't embarrass themselves in that game. And it's making it, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of really good one-loss teams to, you know, to finish out the season. Um Let's see what happens with Michigan. Uh, you got Harbaugh coming back for the championship game. They're 20 some point favorite. 23 over Iowa. That game will be Saturday night, five o'clock, Big Ten championship. And again, uh, what would be wrong with a rematch? Uh, with Ohio State. Oh, that's right. They don't do it. It's just silly. It's just silly the way these conferences have this alignment, you know, east, west uh, within the, their own conference, north, south, you know, <sighs> leaders and legends division. I mean, call it what you want. It, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Every year, this is the most anticlimactic championship game every year because you don't have Michigan, Ohio State facing off in the championship. We all know that the two best teams, that's the situation basically year in and year out. And then Iowa, the team that the the total on these games just keep getting lower. When we saw 34 earlier in the year ago, are you kidding me? Then we saw 32. Then we saw 28. We saw 26. Oh, by the way, yeah, it was 20, what, 24. was 24 and a half. Iowa's game um, Saturday, final score, 13-10 against Nebraska. Yeah. Another under. It was another paint drive. Nine of, nine of 11 unders, right? Yeah. With them. Let me ask you this, and I know you had Michigan, but one of the stats that you always like to look at, you didn't mention, Michigan was only 3 of 12 on third down. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So Ohio State actually outgained them, but the difference of the game came down two turnovers for Mm -hmm. Ohio State, none for Michigan. What do you think the Michigan – this is one of those things where, okay, you beat Ohio State, off the big game. Now you got to go to the Big Ten championship, which is actually 
anticlimactic after playing Ohio State, and you're going against an Iowa defense that is every bit as good as Ohio State's defense. The problem is, you know, what points are they going to score? So the question is, do you think Michigan is going to put 30 points on the board in this game? Because you're going to have to get 30 to cover this line. They put 27 up against them last year. It was 27 to 14, but that was a midseason game. But we have seen Michigan in championship games where they they have blown out teams, and that has usually been the argument that like, oh well, they're facing a really good you know defensive team on the other side. Um, it's a big line, no question. But but here's where the story lies. I think Michigan can score. 27 in this game and cover. Because seriously, how is Iowa going to score? This team is void. You can talk about their defense all you want, but their offense is so putrid. It is downright ugly. Can we find a prop where I could just bet the team total on Iowa, whatever that is, and and under? Because they're not going to crack double digits. There's no way in the world they get more than 10. You'll be able to make that bet. There'll be books in town that have, you know, the team totals uh, on the championship games. And you could, you know, what, what do they put the team total? Wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that be the safest bet? Can you see them scoring double digits? Seriously against this defense based on what you've seen the last few weeks out of them? No, all year. I mean, look at their point totals, even against mediocre or bad defenses. I mean, look what Iowa has done week in and week out. Yeah, and, and the schedule that they have faced. 13-10 Nebraska, 15-13 Illinois. Illinois has got a horrible defense. Rutgers, 22 nothing. all right? 10-7 against Northwestern. Northwestern, terrible. Terrible. Are you kidding me? They, get, they can only get 10 against Northwestern? 12-10 they lose to Minnesota. Not a staunch defense. Wisconsin, good defense. They win 15 to six. Purdue, no defense whatsoever. You know what they scored in that game? 20. 20. That's like a high for them. Well, actually, they scored 26 against uh, Michigan State. So of all their conference opponents, all right, they scored zero against Penn State. They scored 26 against Michigan State. They scored 20 against Purdue. They scored 15 against Wisconsin. They lost and only scored 10 against Minnehaha. They scored 10 in a victory against Northwestern. Rutgers, 22. Illinois, 15. Nebraska, 13. Show me anyone that's even semi-close to Michigan defensively in that, in, in those conference opponents. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at a 23 point spread in a 35 and a half total. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're telling you right there that your the team total is going to be, you know, probably 10. Iowa is a pathetic football team. And and for people that get lost in this, you know, oh, their defense are defensive. Their defense will get shredded against Michigan. Blake Corum will have a game. And we heard the same argument the last two years when they beat Ohio State. that like, well, they're going to have a little bit of an emotional letdown. And they got off to a little uh, a sluggish start. I think it's the year before last, but they, they they just blast these opponents. Once the game gets going, they're going to blast them. And and seriously, what is Iowa going to do? Have you seen the offense for Iowa? There is no ingenuity whatsoever. 
They're not innovative at all. And Michigan is just going to tee off on these guys. And that quarterback is atrocious. Now, to me, um, I don't want to lay 23, but, man, I, I really want to see what that team total is in Iowa. It, uh, I might be tempted to look at Iowa first half. Mm-hmm. If, if Michigan does have any, you know, hangover, let down, come out, you know, slow after the, the big Ohio State game, it's going to be a slow start. Yeah. That figures. I mean, this is the same guy that bet the Patriots. There you go. You love, you love bet these teams. Like, I'm going to grind it. I'm going to, I, I need to sweat. That's right. I, tell you what, if you want to sweat, just go have some, some shut the cluck up chicken wings with that, with that hot sauce. Okay. If you want to sweat, put, put some hot sauce in your system. Don't even, don't even sweat this nonsense. It's. <laughs> You know you're paying a premium for Michigan. And because every talk show like ours and everywhere else across the country is going to say the same thing. How is Iowa going to score any points in this I game? don't think anybody is, is saying it like, like that because they're not as astute as we are. I haven't heard <laughs> not anybody talk about it. I, you know what I hear people think? Oh, Iowa, they're, playing, they're 9 and 2. They're 10 and 2. Yeah, they, they got a shot. They can hang. They can hang. They can hang what? They can hang 13 to 10? Really? I, I I don't see it. Once Michigan and, and then what happens once Michigan you know gets out to a seventeen nothing lead, all right? Then pff, it's done. What's Iowa going to have to do? That means they're going to have to throw, and then that means their possessions get shorter, and then it gets more of a blowout. It, this is probably thirty five to three, thirty thirty one to three, thirty four to three. If Michigan gets out to a seventeen nothing lead, they're going to run the football. They're going to continue to run the football. That's the only problem. You saw what they did in the Penn State game where McCarthy had how many throws? He had less single digits yeah. in passes in that game. But what is Iowa's strength, though? Against the run. That's their strength. The Those laundry list of pathetic football teams that I mentioned, not one of those have a decent quarterback. So, yeah, I, I, I it's a big number. We'll see what happens. Okay, Pac-12 championship game is here, and it's Oregon against Washington. We touched upon that a little bit last hour. I could see why the number is 9.5. It's very tempting to take Washington, but uh, Washington does does scare me a little bit. The first game was close, granted, but now you're in a neutral field, and Oregon is playing much better football now than they were four or five weeks ago when they played Washington, and Washington is not playing at the same level. So a little concerned if you want to take Washington in those points, I would like to. I really would. But uh, I do not want to get in front of that Oregon Duck train right now. No, Oregon's playing much better football than than Washington is. And like I said, Washington has been a team. For me, watching them over the last five weeks, the weight of the undefeated season you know, is there. This is a lot of points. You're saying you went from Washington minus three in Washington to now on a neutral site to have Oregon laying the number that they're laying, uh, five and a half, uh, or excuse me, I'm looking at first half, nine and a half. That's a big, that's a big line shift. You know, uh, I didn't think it would come that high. Uh, I think wishful thinking was I wanted to see a seven. Sure. Yeah. You know, grab, so you grab can be Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would not feel comfortable with uh, Washington, mm. Alabama. Comes from behind, beats Auburn 27 to 24. Fourth in goal from the 31. 
with 32 seconds to go. And Milrow finds the receiver in the back of the end zone. They rushed two players on that play. They rushed two. Three were on the line. One guy dropped back. They rushed two. He had all day back there and found the receiver in the back of the end zone. And Alabama comes back to win. Just typical. Typical Hugh Freeze, typical Auburn, typical nonsense for this this program. And uh, Alabama wins on the road. Tough place to play. And uh, they're sitting pretty. Still one of the hottest teams in football right now. Yeah. And again, and it's just the love for Alabama and everybody's talking, you know, Alabama rolling in to play Georgia. I, you know what I want? I want to see Georgia just clean their clock again. I, I'm just, I'm so sick of hearing this Alabama. They should not have won that game. And, you know, you, you talked about some of the teams that Texas played. They didn't have the top 25. They should have lost to a team that just got beat by New Mexico State the week before as a 24-point favorite, okay? How's that? Yeah, that win, that last-second win, that really helped that resume. They're the hottest team down the stretch. No, I'm sorry. Alabama is not a good – I don't know. They're a good football team. They're not a great football team. They've had uh, pretty resounding wins, except for that game in Auburn. You can make the case it's, it's a rivalry game. Go back and we talked about it on Friday. The game's – that they play in Auburn are always close. And Alabama's kind of took it to them at the games in Tuscaloosa. So, hey, all you can do is survive in, in, in advance. Florida State did that. I mean, they were behind for a majority of that game against uh, Florida. They ended up winning 24-15, winning with not one but two backup quarterbacks in that game because the backup quarterback got laid out in a targeting call, which was ridiculous. They had to finish with a third-string quarterback. And again, Florida State is undefeated. They're 12-0. and Kudos to them. But it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with the committee with them because, again, when you don't have your starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, they're probably going to try to penalize Florida State. So, again, a lot of this is going to be interesting going to a week from Sunday, or rather, you know, this coming Sunday when after these games are played, like, who are the – the four playoff teams going to be the committee wants to see Florida State lose because then it makes it easy for yeah. them not to have to make a, a difficult decision. And I don't think it's fair to penalize the team because a player got hurt. Right. That's not fair right. to the rest of that team. But I just want to say one thing about Alabama where you said they're playing so good down the stretch. This is the same Alabama team that won and struggled with Texas A&M. They only win by six. They come from behind in that game. There, there's nothing wrong with Texas A&M. These two, these teams that you're going to reel off, like Missouri, and the, the, what these are Arkansas? great strength of schedule. They were minus 19 to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas okay. stinks. You're they right. won 24-21. Tennessee jumped out to a, a big lead in the first half, mm-hmm. and then it scored nothing in the second half. And I was on Alabama in that yep. particular game. you know, So I, I thought I had no shot. This is the Auburn game. Yeah. We could say they were looking ahead to the the SEC championship game, the the rematch with Georgia. I get all of that, but you're not supposed to complete that play. I'm I'm sorry. They should have had, they should have two losses and not be in a conversation. Okay, stop. I'm anti Alabama. Okay. Uh, you're anti Alabama. You should say they should have lost and they should have been two. It is what it is. I mean, again, we we talked about it on Friday that they have put together a a. Stellar win streak since that loss to Texas. So, you know, give them kudos. Now, I think this bodes well for what you want to do on Saturday because the Georgia line is only five and a half. 
And that's a pretty, I don't say generous line. I think that, that if you like Georgia, you're laying less than a touchdown. And what do you got? Triple revenge for Georgia in these, these past couple, you know, championship games. I mean, I think Alabama has, has gotten the better of Georgia when they went head to head. So I don't know. I, I think Georgia's a better football team. I'm with you. I still don't think that, that Beck is a great quarterback for Georgia. Bowers is phenomenal. He's healthy, tight end. I think the defenses kind of cancel each other out, but I'll tell you what I like Alabama, what I like Georgia better than Alabama is, uh, Alabama makes too many mistakes. I mean, they're so penalty filled and that came up against uh, Auburn once again. So I have no problem playing Georgia in the money line. I got no problem with Georgia on a teaser. I got probably no problem with Georgia, uh, laying the five and a half. I think, you, you know, you're, you're right. I think Georgia is the better football team than Alabama, but, uh, Alabama still put together a, a very fine season. Texas is going to, you know, play in Oklahoma State. That line's 14 and a half. And, uh, then UNLV. Let's talk about UNLV against San Jose State. San Jose State wins 37 31, but UNLV still gets to host the Mountain West Championship game because the Almighty Computer spits out the three way tie and gives UNLV the better, you know, a s- schedule victories and strength of schedule and all that stuff. And we got to remember, Boise State comes in here with barely above a 500 record, and Boise State is going to be a two-point favorite Saturday to Legion Stadium. Games at 12 noon, Mount West Conference Championship. UNLV's come a long way, and uh, they're playing Boise State. And I think UNLV is live on Saturday. UNLV's live on Saturday, but I'm sorry. I like him better, Marco, in this game than I did Saturday. I was with you with San Jose yeah. State. I, I thought that you know, San Jose State had the better quarterback. But I'm not sure that the Boise State quarterback is better than Maeva for UNLV. No, I I agree with you in that regard. I agree with I give UNLV credit. They they were down seventeen nothing at one point in that game. Okay, and they battled back to make it you know close at the end. They in scored. the first quarter, they were down seventeen nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. This is the spot. But the one thing that you said about the computer spitting out the three way tie and they went to strength the schedule. I don't know how you can compare strength of schedule and not look at San Jose. San Jose State played the tougher schedule of all three teams. I don't get how they got penalized. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And it, obviously, remember we were joking and I read that whole laundry list and I had to stop reading it because it made no sense of the three-way tiebreaker. It wasn't so much strength of schedule. It was the victories that you get get points for. And you got to remember those two losses that San Jose State had to Bo- Boise State was one of them early on in that season where they start off 0-2. Uh, that hurt them. That ended up hurting them. But yeah, if you're San Jose State, you got to feel bad for them because uh, how, how do you like to have that conversation? Oh, so you beat UNLV on their home field. You've won six in a row. You know, you arguably playing better than anybody in the conference right now, and you don't get a chance to play for the championship. You're and, not you're not one of the two best teams. I, I find that hard to believe. San Jose State is probably the best team right now in the conference, and they I can't agree, play. I agree with you 100. percent And think of it this way: UNLV is hosting the game to Boise, and San Jose State is out, and UNLV has no victory against either one of those teams. One of them because they didn't play them, and the other one they lost to 
and yet they're hosting. I know. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know you read that whole laundry list. I still don't understand it. And I, I Nobody still think does. it's, I still think it's horse, you know what? Yeah. The way it is. It's good for UNLV to okay. have the game here. So what would you do then? Okay. You're Mr. Commissioner of the Mountain West Conference there. What, what, what is, what is your reasoning and who would you select? It's a, I always go again to head to head. Okay, but because they all three didn't play right. play each other, okay. you can't do that. San Jose State lost to Boise. San Jose State beat UNLV. Right. And the loss to San Jose State was at Boise. And they didn't embarrass – it wasn't like they got trounced. It was a one-score game. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, they were they were an eight-point underdog. So you know what makes the most sense? San Jose State against Boise. I think you'd have that – um, that really can be much of an argument because San Jose State beat UNLV, all right? And then UNLV did not play Boise, so you can't infer what would have happened, but you have to take into consideration that San Jose State beat UNLV last week at UNLV's home. I think that's got to weigh heavily. And I know conference don't like to do the rematches, so they don't want to have San Jose State against UNLV, even though probably are the two best teams. And then San Jose State against Boise, well, we saw that six weeks ago, and, and Boise State won. I, I don't know, man. I mean, San Jose State obviously is a different and a better team now than they were back then. And UNLV got beat. So I would advocate San Jose State UNLV rematch or San Jose State Boise probably before UNLV and Boise, even though we want UNLV to win. They're a great story. They're at home, get to see the game here, but it, it's hard to fathom. You know, again, they didn't get beat on a last second thing. They, they were dominated for the majority of that game. They never had the lead in no. the game. And the last touchdown came late in the game right. to make it, to make it what it was. Correct. So, <laughs> It, it, it's wrong. Do you think at all mm. in the thought process? Mm. Because nobody understands how this confuses me. Where would they get the biggest attendance? I think it would be a coin flip between here and Boise as far as hosting them. If San Jose State was hosting the game, there wouldn't have been anybody there. No, no, it's not even close. No, Boise State would get the most. Boise State sells out their stadium just about every game anyway, just for a regular season game. So if they're hosting a conference championship game, Boise is going to get the bigger crowd. We saw UNLV at the the biggest game of the year, and it was 25,000. Mm-hmm. Okay? There are a lot of comps that were out there. and You know? Guys that paid for their tickets and got some pretty good deals on that. <laughs> you know? You know? I, I got 25-yard line fourth row on game day. You did? Yeah. And you got some glorious food too. I, <laughs> we did. <laughs> Leave it at that. We come back. Chuck Esposito will join us. We'll talk about Monday night football and the weekend of favorites covered in the NFL. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth, the oracle has spoken, the mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. Back at it here on this Monday. We get ready for a little Monday night football. 
and we go to the sports book and talk to our good friend Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock Station Casinos. Chucky Chuck, what's happening? Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I'm good, T. How are you? Yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, would have loved a little bit more puppy love in pro football over the weekend. Um, but uh, overall, it was good. Hope you and your family and all the listeners did as well. I think from our side of the counter, man, it was rough in pro football. College was actually really, really good, uh, especially on Saturdays. But pro, I think if you throw in, you know, favorites going 3-1 and one on Thursday and Friday and 8-2-1 and one yesterday, uh, it was a weekend really dominated by the guests. I think one of the better weekends uh, for our guests uh, in pro football this week. Favorites covered 12 of the 15 NFL games this weekend, tying a record for most in a single week, Chuck. you got to go back to 2017, week number 12. What is this about week 12? Week 12 here, week 12 in 2017. Yeah, the favorites, like you mentioned, uh, you know, 8-2 and two or 8-2-1. and one. Uh, And then if Minnesota covers tonight, Chuck, uh, we'll have a, a betting record, a betting record, uh, for the most favorites covering. That would be 13 out of 16 games. And who stands in the way? The drum roll, please. Who? What team stands in the way of the favorite tonight? None other than those fighting Chuck Espositos, the Bears. You, you got to say it right. It's Dob Bears. You know, it's, uh, um, we, we are definitely Dob Bears fans tonight. And, uh, you know, I think, T, you just look at the league, and there's so many teams. It's a quarterback-driven league. We've talked about it so much, and there are so many, you know, kind of young um, quarterbacks in the league right now. Either teams are, you know, you've got young kids that you're trying to develop. There's been injuries to some key starters. Um, Joe Burrow was knocked out, of course. Deshaun Watson knocked out. Um, and I, I think it's just, you know, you, you, with the salary cap, you, you have this vision of, of all this parity. Um, it's just not the case right now. And it, it's really evident from the betters who are backing more of the, the veteran teams with, with the, the quarterbacks um, that can move the ball up and down the field opposed to some of these young teams that now that are really struggling. I know C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal and really played well, um, but he's kind of been the exception of, to the, these young kids over the last few years. You know, this had all of the makings for a huge favorites day when you look at it because there was only – what three games on the board that had two teams facing off against each other with winning records? I can't remember that. So you had Jacksonville and Houston, you had Buffalo and Philadelphia. So he had two yesterday, and then you go back to the 49ers and Seahawks on Thursday. Only three games where you had the two teams that had winning records facing off. I mean, it seems like really, really crazy, Chuck. And I don't know. Uh, Mark and I were talking about this earlier. It was really hard to watch those morning games. I don't know how you decided to put what sound on uh, the game there in the book on Sunday because it was awful. It was downright awful. Pretty sure I was watching the Blackhawks game. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, it's just, you know, thank God, really, or – that we won the Packer game to kind of start off the weekend because you looked at the games on Thursday and Friday, guys, and so much of the, the straight parlay teaser money line stuff was on all three favorites on Turkey Day. Of course, the Dolphins on Friday, it really helped, though, that that Packer was the first game. It made everybody kind of reset or knocked all that stuff down. I think yesterday the only game we really won was the Falcon game, getting in the, the, to upset the, the Saints. So, again, really, really good week for uh, um, in pro football for the guests and uh, a lot of bad matchups and I think that's what kind of carried it over a bit 
we'll see how it you know unfolds tonight. We're definitely Bear fans tonight, um, but uh, you know it, it's a Bear team that has played a little better of late. Really had their struggles in the last two or three minutes of the half in the game, and I think it's kind of an audition for Justin Fields over the next six weeks. Um, Bears right now are trending to have the number one pick and maybe two in the top four. Um, and with, with guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May out there, uh, do they reset the, their quarterback market or do they continue to develop with Justin Fields? And I think it's really up to Fields over the next six weeks to make their decision really tough. Chuck, I've got two games that I want to ask you about the outcome yesterday for you. And TC gave me a lot of grief in the first segment of the show. <laughs> That you know nobody oh. was betting the New England. Yeah, game. here we go. Okay, but somebody was betting the New England game because there was that... no sound on that game. I'll tell you right now, okay. and, and no eyes either on that one. Check you got that line <laughs> ended up closing at four and a half when it was sitting, you know, three for most of the week. Was that moved to four and a half once they finally Belichick said yes, it's going to be Mac Jones is the quarterback, or did you get that? Did you get a little, some sharp action on New England? It was more a product of the, of the quarterback um, move than anything, Marco. I mean, it wasn't, you know, although you the game fell three, it wasn't a heavily bet game. Um, you know, I actually make notes on all the games going in to see who we're needing and who, you know, who to root for as, as we uh, give our exec team an idea of, you know, where we stand on the games. And that was actually a game that the, ver- the verbiage next to it said, good two-way action. So um, although the, the number went up a bit, it wasn't a, a huge bet game on our side of the counter. Okay, staying with the two-way action, I want to ask you, Buffalo and Philadelphia, if you, and I pushed, I, I waited too long. Early in the week, three and a halfs were out there everywhere on the Buffalo-Philly game. Yesterday, late, because the Buffalo money kept coming in, everybody, you know, a lot of sharp action. I consider myself sharp there with the Buffalo it closed at two and a half. Did you get by? Did you have any people late come in and grab Philly at two and a half? Because that's the worst number for that game to fall on three. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Marco. The game did come down. There was some three and a halfs out there, but trading team did try two and a half just briefly, and I couldn't fly out of my office quick enough to tell them to go back to three. Right. Um, just really didn't want to come off that number. Uh, you know, there was more sharp money on the dog in that game, but when you look at the the ticket counts and the public money coming in, it clearly was in favor um, of the Eagles. We were Bills fans. I mean, both uh, in parlays, uh, straight was a little bit two-way, but parlays and money line especially, we were clearly Bills fans in that game. So we wanted the Bills to win. Uh, the total was pretty much shot early on. I think the Eagles are one of those teams now in their big games that they're one of those teams that the totals are still going over and being bet that way. But it would have been a much better outcome for us had the Bills won that game. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock Station Casino's Executive Director of Race and Sports. And Chuck, with all of the favorites that we're covering yesterday, how lopsided was the ledger for you guys? Uh, Well, it, it was lopsided. There's no question, guys. And I think that's kind of when you looked at the early slate of games yesterday, uh, it created liability going into the, the next slate of games that we clearly needed um, the uh, uh, the Cardinals. We clearly needed the Browns. We needed the Raiders. We needed the Bills. Um, we were Charger fans last night, and we're Bear fans tonight. And that's all a product of not only what happened 
um, yesterday, early in the day, but also what happened on Thursday and Friday with you know the the Niners, the the Cowboys, and the Dolphins all easily winning in their particular game. So definitely some some liability. Um, but guests can have another really good night tonight. We're definitely Bear fans. Best case would be an outright win by the Bears. Um, but even covering really minimizes the liability on the game. There's a lot that's out there tied to the Vikings tonight, who are you know still in the thick of the wild card race, um, still have an opportunity right now, you know, to win this game and and go to seven and five. Dobbs has played well, a win here, and they're still in a really good spot, knowing that they it looks like they may get Jefferson back in the next week. Excuse me, week or two. Chuck, you mentioned a pretty good day on the college side uh, for the books. Uh, talk a little bit about the UNLV San Jose State game. We saw San Jose State um, as a um, as a dog in this game, and they actually won by six points. And uh, UNLV really was never in this game. And you know, as much as we're happy that UNLV is in the conference championship game, kind of feel bad a little bit for San Jose State because they really closed the season very, very strongly, uh, you know, winning all those what, six games in a row, and uh, now they're not going to be in it. But what kind of action were you seeing in that game on Saturday? It was tremendous. I mean, we, we were huge um, Spartan fans. Uh, no question that there was money on UNLV. I know that some of the sharp play – came in on San Jose, and it caused that number to drop. Um, but we really were big-time Spartan fans uh, um, from the betting side. And, of, of course, from the fan side of it, we were Rebel fans and glad to see the way this kind of the strength of the schedule and the way the computer figured everything out, that they're still playing in the championship game, the Mountain West championship game, hosting Boise, yet they're uh, a dog in that game. The numbers ping-ponged a little bit. But overall, guys, Saturday, you know, starting early in the day, we were clearly Michigan fans in the game against Ohio State and needed the game over. And if you kind of looked at games throughout the course of the day, most of the games outside of the really bad beat in the Alabama-Auburn game went our way late. We needed North Carolina State against Carolina, Georgia Tech against Georgia. We needed Fresno to go down. A lot of scores went our way. Probably one of the better Saturdays of the year so far. On the flip side, as we've kind of been chatting about, one of the worst Sundays of the year so far. Chuck, look ahead of the championship games coming up on Saturday, and well, it actually starts Friday night here at Allegiant with Oregon and Washington. This is a rematch, a tightly contested uh, battle, and I think a lot of people thought that, okay, these two teams are going to face each other again, but I don't think a lot of people thought that Oregon would open a nine-and-a-half point favorite, probably more of the case of you know the way Washington maybe has struggled to score in the last couple of weeks and then how effective Oregon has been on both sides of the football. Uh, give me some thoughts about opening that number where you did. Yeah, it's, it's a great matchup. It's funny. Jason and I were just talking about this game. When you when you talked about the Pac-12 championship game last year, the handle was phenomenal, guys. I know it was Southern Cal and Utah, but I, I couldn't believe how much people were betting on that game. Just being from out of town, being you know coming to the game, it was a hugely bet game. And I think with this matchup, with one team undefeated and one team with one loss, where that loss came from, I think you're going to see a lot of the same. We opened it up nine. It was bet down and quickly went back up again. Um, I think it is a product of how good Oregon plays, especially defensively. I think they're top five in the country in what they give up yards per pass. Washington has struggled a bit passing the ball. We know that with Pence, they're going to want to open it up somewhat. But um, I think that's the reason because defensively, Oregon has been so stout. And you look at Bo Nix, the way he's played the last half of the season, just lights out. But it wouldn't surprise me to see this number um, come down a bit. Uh, totals high. There's a lot of scoring going on, um, you know, with these two teams when they play. 
Um, but it's going to be a fun game to watch. Love to be out there at Allegiant on uh, on Friday night watching these two teams play and kind of more of an isolated Friday night Pac-12 championship game that I think will generate a huge handle industry-wide. And what about Georgia and Alabama? SEC, obviously, uh, going to be tons of action bet on that and maybe even some good two-way action, Chuck. Even though the Bulldogs are number one in the country, a five-and-a-half point choice against uh, Alabama that struggled a little bit against Auburn. But what do you think that's uh, going to happen there? It's a tough game for me to handicap. I think at times this year I've looked at, at both schools, guys, and, and thought that although they're Alabama and Georgia not quite as dominant as they've been in the past, um, Bama comes in with the one loss. Uh, Georgia's still undefeated. It, it, you know, Some of Georgia's games I think they've looked really good, some not so good like this past Saturday. We did open the Bulldogs up four. It quickly has jumped in two points, so I think that tells everybody that the betters really like Georgia in this game. Not sure if it gets to seven or not, Marco, but my guess is we're going to be huge Bama fans on, on Saturday, December 2nd. Chuck, for me, I look at Georgia, and I feel that they were just, the beginning of the season, after back-to-back national championships, they were bored. They're just playing around. Now, as you see, the big games, every big game that they've had this year, they've pretty much cold-cocked the, the opponent. Georgia Tech was a look past them to Alabama, in my opinion, in the championship. Yeah, and, and that could be the case. You know, I'm sure Bama, with um, the miracle kind of finish in that game uh, against Auburn, still kind of a head-scratcher that, you know, you basically rushed to and, and had a spy uh, on that last play, which I really don't get. I, I look at that, I think, in so many big collegiate and pro football games that for whatever reason they don't want to give up the big play. I get it, but you change your scheme and let teams methodically have opportunities to go down the field or have opportunities to score late because it is tough for any D-back. I don't care how good you are or linebacker to stay with wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs out of the backfield when you only rush two guys. I thought Auburn made a huge mistake in that particular case. I thought the Bears made it at the end of the first half and at the end of the game against Detroit. You change your scheme and give a team a chance to win. You've now given Bama second life because uh, it's a game they should have lost. Auburn played better in that game, dominated in that game, and yet they found a way to lose. And But that's the M.O. of Bama. They found a way to win here. And, uh, you know, that has to be kind of, I guess, my, my marching call if I'm saving right now that we deserve to be in this game. And, uh, you know, we're not getting a lot of respect. Um, and let's go out there and play a game and maybe we can beat this, uh, meet this Bulldog team who, you're right, may have just been bored so far this year because they've looked like that in a number of stretches. Final thing, real quick here, Chuck. Michigan, Iowa, huge number here. We know that Iowa is void of scoring. Uh, what kind of action do you expect in this game? And do you think the line will sway either way? I'm sorry, which game, T? Michigan and Iowa, Big Ten Championship. Yeah, it's hard to believe when you talk about a total of the Washington-Oregon game at 67.5 and, and you talk about Michigan and Iowa at, at 35.5. Um, I thought last week's game was definitely going to go over in the Iowa game, yet they found a way to stay under. Um, my guess is that it's going to go over in this particular case. Michigan, again, is, is on the cusp of you know maybe getting to that playoff and, and maybe playing for a national championship, and I think they're good enough to win it. Um, I think the number, I could see it going up a little bit. Don't know how Iowa's going to score, but I think they can probably score enough. And with what Michigan have has to push this total over. If I had to bet this game, I would bet the total over. Chuck, appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk to you next week. 
All right, boys. Sounds good, man. Go Dot Bears. Got to say it right, T, but we'll uh, we'll see if we get them in or not. All right, brother. Take care. All right. You too. I will not be saying anything about the Bears, Marco, because I'm all about the purple tonight. What about you? Who you like and why? Well, I'll root for the purple when they got the ball. Yeah. But when they don't have the ball, I'll be rooting for Chicago <laughs> to score as well. That means I'm on the over, my friend. He's on the over. Okay. A Vikings, a three-point favorite against the Bears tonight. Monday Night Football. I appreciate Chuck Esposito for joining us at Station Casino's STN mobile app. Go get that. So easy to use. All right. We'll see what happens. The Vikings. Oh, my goodness. The Vikings. Which Vikings team's going to show up? Which Josh Dobbs team's going to show up? And are the Bears going to be the Bears? We'll see what happens. Numbchuck, you know what I want to hear right now, don't you? You know what I want to hear. I want to hear a little purple love, a little prince, and that beautiful horn, too. I never liked that horn, that skull sound when I was in Green Bay, but today will be rude for it. I want to thank Chuck for joining us. Marco, as well. We'll see you on Friday, my friend. I'll be there. All righty, then. We'll be at the Westgate on Friday. We're back at it tomorrow for Terrible Tuesday. If you miss any part of the show, go check it out at tcmartinshow.com. And how about that? You see the featured blog on the website. It's talking about the Rebels in the championship game instead of the Raiders. Have we come a long way? Does that tell you? Does that tell you who the winning team is in this town right now? But they lost the San Jose. They did. They did. All right. Enjoy the game tonight. We're back at it tomorrow. Bring us down the-